It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. It's Talk LP Podcast, live from NRF Protect Exhibit Floor. I'm Amber Bradley, your host, here with special guest David Johnston with Inspire Brands. Okay, so people, I'm sure, have probably eaten that Inspire concept, if not today, at some point in their life, because there's so many. You want to tell us a little bit about Inspire? Sure. Yeah, Inspire Brands is a multi-restaurant brand company. Um, as you said, many of many folks have probably eaten at our brands, which are representative of Arby's, Baskin Robbins, uh, Jimmy John's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Duncan. Yeah, it's a list, so sometimes it's challenging. Uh, and 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 Rusty Taco. So we have uh, we have seven brands, about thirty-two thousand restaurants uh, around the world, about 60, 65 countries. Man, okay, so talk a little about, so what's the split of that, of like fran- corporate locations or franchise locations? Majority are franchise locations, uh, franchise domestically, licensed, you know, internationally. Uh, and we have about uh, about a couple thousand company-owned restaurants uh, mixed into to most of the brands. Okay, so you moderated a session um, here at NRF Protect that was standing room only, and it was really awesome, um, with Bloomingdale's All Hold Family Dollar executives about really adapting and thriving, especially over the last two years of pretty much crisis. <laughs> so, so I wanted you made a couple points that I want to dive into a little bit. So, as COVID began and Inspire being a global company, and even Duncan before, right? Um, kind of thinking about being a global executive, right? And and being able to look at global trends and things that are happening. How important is that? And and what what insights did it give you being able to look at, oh, okay, this is happening across the world? Yeah, well, when COVID started, um, I was still with Duncan Brands. So it was the Duncan and Baskin Baskin Brands, which did have about 12,000 locations across the uh, across the globe. So, you know, those locations were are in pretty much almost every continent that, that can have locations, particularly Asia. So, you know, early January, we had started to pick up the issues with, with COVID over in Asia and started to, you know, monitor those uh, primarily through our traveling team members and employees. And then, you know, started to see the the wave continue through Asia, Middle East, Africa, Europe. Um, so we were able to see those indicators early and start to set our crisis teams in play to support the safety and security of our team members, our restaurants, and also our corporate offices. Now, like many people, uh, I think we came here in the U.S. thinking it was only going to be about a two-week, right. you know, to a, to a month impact. Uh, none of us probably predicted, you know, that here we are today and we're still, you know, technically in the pandemic. Um, but these indicators from a global perspective are very helpful in helping even domestic retailers prepare themselves ahead of time. So when you think about, you know, being that global executive, like what are some, some I don't know, tips or advice that you might say, okay, look, you know, if you you might not be engaged in your global side of things, but you could learn a lot from them or, I mean, how did it work for you guys? Yeah, you know, I think for anybody, you know, whether you are global or you're not, because even most of the retailers will have manufacturing and if it's not themselves directly, it could be a third party manufacturer. So, you know, when you look at things like, you know, supply chain, manufacturing, 
for the most part, I think everybody is global. Yeah. So, you know, my perspective has always been, again, think and learn globally to act best locally. Oh, that's uh, great. And, and I think we, we, we do have to do that, particularly today. You know, COVID was the start of it, but then we've got um, the supply chain issues that we're starting to see out there and the conflict in the Ukraine and the impact that has to a lot of the things we're trying to develop and produce for, you know, for our restaurants and our retail establishments. So to really understand and continue to be a global learner is going to help prepare you domestically for when a crisis or event takes place. So... You're definitely a constant learner, so we'll get to that in a second, but I wanted, you did say something in the session that I thought was really cool, especially for those restaurants out there watching, you know, when you had to deal with the corporate locations, but also the franchisees, there's complexities there, legalities, things that you can't, you know, exactly say you have to do this, but one of the things you mentioned is providing the franchise community a single source of truth. So talk a little bit about that, because I think that what, when you think of all the ways you could help the franchise community, I was like, man, that's really cool because it was so hard to know what was really going on. Yeah, and, and, and you're definitely correct. You know, the franchise environment has some complexities, right? There are some lines that we cannot cross um, because of legal or regulatory issues. But the one thing that we wanted to do, and again, this is Duncan Brands, because at the time I was I was Duncan Brands, is our executive leadership team, as well as several of our departments, food safety, uh, government affairs, you know, myself in, in the efforts of the corporate office and the, and the employee safety, you know, we became the... the the researchers of information, uh, not only on behalf of our our corporate structure, but to help our franchisees. There were some challenges out there. They were challenged with keeping their restaurants open and keeping their employees safe. So for us, and to leverage things, uh, associations like the National Retail Federation, um, our government affairs team worked hard with their government affairs group. I was a member of the LP Advisory Council, so was constantly on calls with peers, um, not only peers in restaurant, but also in retail, to start to continue to gather information and benchmarking and also going out there and researching, you know, as you said, the source of truth on what's going on. Because, you know, my opinion, we as a country didn't handle it well across a whole bunch of different spectrums. Politics, medical, media, you know, you name it. So there was a lot of misinformation. We probably had disinformation, um, whether it be intentional or unintentional. And, and that's a different story when you right. come to cyber. Um, but for us to be able to provide those that represent our banners, those that represent our organization, um, that single source of truth, it, it worked well on our behalf to make sure that we were keeping everybody safe, everybody healthy, you know, and, and providing the support that we can provide provide yeah. to the franchisees. Well, because it all felt so out of control, you know, and I think I'm sure as a franchisee, I mean, you're a business owner and you, you know, don't know what to do and, you know, you're watching the news. It's nice that you could go to the parent company and think, okay, I've got somebody that's filtering through all the garbage. Um, okay. So speaking of that, filtering through all the garbage, leadership style. Okay. So you have actually made a career very successfully of being on both a solution provider 
and probably years ago at this point. I think we met a long time ago. So now you've been actually um, in the restaurant side for several years now. But when you think about leadership, I mean, clearly you've navigated both of those realms of this industry super successfully. So I'm curious when you're talking about how you lead and, and uh, what, what are some things you can impart to our audience to keep in mind? Yeah, I, th- I think, well, I could tell you right now for, for, for myself, it's, it's everything that I've learned throughout my career uh, as a practitioner as well as a solution provider. And um, I never saw myself as a salesperson. I probably wasn't a very good salesperson. <laughs> Thankfully, the roles that I held on the solution provider side were business development, consulting, and so forth. So I didn't have to, didn't have to sell. But one of the things is that you know, we are always selling. Um, you know, I know you and I've had conversations about this, whether it be your personal brand, whether it be, you know, the brand of your, your department and how that fits in the organization, uh, and even the value that, you know, we have to look at as our, our customers are everybody we touch in our organization, whether it be the guest in the restaurant, if we're out in the restaurants or whether it be the other departments and functions, we, we are a support role. Um, so, you know, if I were to sum up my leadership style, I'm, I'm most certainly servant leadership that I focus on helping others succeed and that will bring success to us uh, and and my team. Um, But more so also understanding that we're in the sales business and we always have to sell ourselves. And the third thing is, again, be a constant learner. You know, continue to do your research, your research on where is your organization headed? Where is the industry that your your organization is is heading? Because eventually those problems and those issues are going to become your problems and your issues. Um, and getting ahead of them as much as you can it, you will, will make it a lot easier to deal with. And you've perso- you're personifying that. It's not just saying it. It's actually living it, which is very hard to do when you have a clearly a executive career, a family, and all these things, but you've been getting your degree, Masters of International Security Studies. Yes. Which is, you know, not an easy, not an easy degree to get when you're doing all these other things. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I will, and it's actually, a, it, it has a story of what's been happening over the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, I am soon to be finishing up my master's in international security studies and uh, with that one of my very first classes I took was crisis management and it happened the semester started in January of 2020 so you're working it as well as you were working it I was studying crisis management while COVID started to uh, to to begin and, and continued forward. So as, as I was working with the crisis management team, I was studying crisis management. Uh, the following semester, um, I took a risk intelligence and analysis course of which we started to have all the protests. Yeah. Uh, and the team and I spun up a, a risk intelligence you know, group to make sure that we were able to identify and again, research all the information, determine what types of protests were happening, get that information out to our operators and so forth. And then um, the the last couple of classes have been in risk and threat assessment, which, you know, gets into some of the things that, oh, all of a sudden there's a war in the Ukraine. And how do you determine how these risks and threats will, you know, all of a sudden materialize into impact? So um, it's been great. I I am a constant learner. Um, I think there are many ways that people can learn. 
conferences like the NRF, RLPSA, um, benchmarking with your peers and learning from your peers is a great way of doing it, especially for those that may not have the ability to come to these conferences. Uh, online webinars, new sources like the Talk LP and the D&D Daily. Um, and then there's always going back to school. I think that even if you're not going for a degree, is there a certificate? Um, you know, is there even some classes that you can monitor or take? Because, you know, we have to be learning because our our role is always adapting, our industry is evolving, and our world is constantly changing. No, you're so right. We really just want to know what you're taking next semester, so then we'll know what's going to happen in the world today. So take something normal, okay? Like how to deal with normalcy. That's what we want you to take well, my, next my, semester. Un- <laughs> unfortunately, my next my next class is my capstone. Oh. So um, I guess I have to come up with the topic. So I'll, okay. I'll be careful take of what I choose. Normal. Yes. <laughs> okay. Last question in the Talk LP hot seat. If you could rewind time to your 25-year-old self, like what would you tell yourself? You know, at that time, when I started college, I started college as a computer science major. And I took a law course uh, as an elective just to fill a slot on a Thursday night so I wouldn't have to go to school Friday. (laughs) Um, I fell in love with the law and then eventually criminal justice. And, you know, 32 years later, you know, I've been able to really build a, a, a nice career for myself. But seeing what's happening now. Maybe I should have stayed on the computer science side and then taken the ride to cyber because, you know, what we're seeing right now, you know, in our industry and and we had some great conversations this week um, and I sat in on some of the sessions on the cyber side. There's there's a lot out there. There are a lot of bad actors attacking us, Um, nation state organized, um, you know, and I think the cyber I find the cyber world to be intriguing. Um, I'm kind of a closet tech technology geek still. So I would probably have told myself, you know, stay in computer science, do the cybersecurity thing. Well, loss prevention is happy you didn't do that because we appreciate all that you give back to the industry because you're certainly super involved with NRF, RLPSA, former president, which is awesome, RLPSA. So we appreciate it that you didn't go to cyber, okay? And that you stepped into the Talk LP podcast hot seat. I appreciate the time. The good thing is if I did go into cyber, maybe we would have still been here because yeah. this is the loss prevention. <laughs> That's cyber right. That's right. Talk. But this will be the first time and I'd be like just hanging out with exactly. you. Exactly. So that would suck. No, thank you, Amber. Yeah. I appreciate everything you do and uh, for the industry. And I appreciate you inviting me here today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for hanging out on Talk LP podcast. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. We'll talk at you later. We out. Cause, 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 no one can do-